0: Sermon is by the Reverend Charlie Dupree at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia, on August 25th, 2019. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Saint Luke. Lord he, Lord Christ. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you were set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which to work. work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, do not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, A daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he had said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This is a pretty important message. It made God's top 10 list, (laughs) along with many other favorites that you might remember. You shall have no other gods but me. You shall not make for yourself any graven image. Honor your mother and your father. This is a part of that list. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. My father used to always say that if you don't go to church, Sunday is just like any other day. But for folks like you and me, we believe that Sunday should be set apart because it is different. How do we make it different from all of the other days? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. How do you keep it holy? Well, for me, keeping this day holy always meant that we'd go to church together. We'd drive about five miles down the road to St. Mary's in Speed, North Carolina. And the name Speed can be a little bit deceiving, because it was more like a speed bump. (laughs) But we gathered, we rang the bells, the dogs would bark in all the houses around. church was about to start. What a friend we'd have in Jesus. The organist must have really only known how to play that hymn because we seem to sing it every single Sunday. Mary Manning, Karen Manning, Alva Manning, Athlea Shelton, Henry Gray Shelton, Lois, and Connie Burnett. What a friend we have in Jesus. We sang as wasps, flew through the open windows, and we waved away the heat with cardboard fans on popsicle sticks. You might remember those. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. After church my grandmother would show up in her great big amethyst Buick. <laughs> and on most days we ate at the kitchen table, but on Sundays we ate at the dining room table by God. And my father typically didn't pray over meals, but on Sunday he did. Bless this food, O Lord, to our use and us always to your service. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then there was usually an afternoon of fishing or napping. And then we'd make our way to my Uncle Tommy's house for fried fish, cornbread, Walt Disney, and lightning bugs. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Sabbath days, they're special. They're holy, worth protecting. And in our gospel lesson today, Jesus, as usual, is doing his job at digging into and challenging our perceptions of what it means to keep the Sabbath day holy. And as usual, the Pharisees are doing their job And they are asking a lot of questions and trying to keep the rules. What were the rules? Well, the Pharisees would interpret the rules to mean that healing was not allowed on the Sabbath. No work should take place, including healing. Now, let's be honest. That's not a hard rule for you and I to observe. No healing on the Sabbath, no problem, can do. Got that one covered. But for Jesus, our Jesus, it was a problem. Because let's face it, Jesus embodies. He incarnates the Sabbath, and he incarnates health and wholeness. So what happens on this particular Sabbath, in this particular story, in this particular gospel? Well, if we were to ask the woman in the story today... She might have said something like this. Oh, that Sabbath. I remember that Sabbath. That's the day that Jesus gave me my life back. Imagine with me, if you will, the woman walks into the synagogue as she's done for the last 18 years. She's managed to find a parking space and she's looking for her pew. You know what I mean. (laughs) She probably asked somebody to slip down just a little bit so she could sit in her spot. And then Jesus calls her over. Jesus knows very little about the woman. Maybe they met at a wedding in Cana. He might have looked right over her on account of her physicality. But all of a sudden, he heals her. It was the best feeling in the world, the woman might have said. After all those years, I could breathe again. I've I got to imagine that being bent over that way has to affect your breathing. The ability to take a deep breath. It probably affects your ability to eat, to stare other people in the eye and have a conversation. She might have only been able to look at a very limited amount of space in front of her. About six feet. So sunsets and sunrises may have been out of the question, but not anymore, not after this particular Sabbath. Jesus says to her to stand up straight. Now, if we do a little digging in that Greek word, it would translate to set straight again, which is appropriate. But there's also references to restoration Something being put back to the way that it once was. And for this woman who had these physical limitations, she was probably not able to participate in life, to be with her friends, to offer her gifts in the household or the family system. She was probably outside of all of that. But she's restored now to that original way of life. But then before she can get the first words of praise out of her mouth, everybody starts to argue. They argue about the Sabbath. Jesus, 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 the Pharisees shout. Jesus, this is the way it plays out in my head. Jesus, my man, there are six other days on which this could have happened. Couldn't you have done it on one of those days? Not on the Sabbath day, Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Once again, once again, Jesus is redefining something. He's redefining the way life looks for our ancient sisters and brothers. No longer is the Sabbath a place of restrictions and rules. As Jesus has freed the woman, so Jesus has freed the Sabbath of that which prevents it from abundance. Now, another thing that Luke is doing in this story is that he's also reminding the people of what Sabbath really was. This is actually referencing Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 through 13. And this is what that says, in case you didn't read it. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Jesus would have known this. Remember, he was a rabbi. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any. Foreigner, nor any foreigner residing in your towns so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. What this is doing is painting a picture of equality. On the Sabbath, we are equal. In the Sabbath, we are not put into our socioeconomic boxes. No one is a servant. No one is a leader. We're all equal. The Sabbath is Is an equalizing thing. It is a day that we remember that we are in need of nothing except maybe a friend, fireflies, or the companionship of a community. Today is a reframe. It's a reframe for humanity and what equality looks like. And Jesus heals this daughter of Abraham after 18 years of bondage. And isn't our Lord always doing this for us? Reframing. While the Pharisees were always trying to keep those rules, Jesus was always inviting the look beyond their limited perspectives. Absolutely, the Sabbath is holy, because in Jesus it is a day of limitless potential. No longer is her vision limited. She is given a new vision. And if she were to purchase an iPhone 10, she'd turn that sucker to panoramic and go to town. Just one more thing about this story. Whenever I hear it, I think about how small the tombs and the graves were in ancient Israel. I mean, they're short. They had to be carved out of rock, so they didn't have a lot of spaciousness in their tombs. When Jesus woke up on that first day, I imagine the first thing he did was bump his head. (laughs) No, this won't do. This is too small. So he stretched his legs and his arms and he walked outside. And he rolled his neck. And he probably remembered that woman. Which is why I believe today, in this healing, he is foreshadowing the resurrection. Because the resurrection is about expansiveness. And it's about vision. Standing tall. What does it mean to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy for us in this moment? This moment, this new beginning. Well, it means that each Sunday we're invited to come to this place and remember God's covenant with us. God's love for every single one of us and to help everybody grow into the full stature of Christ. Each Sunday, it means that we come here the best we can to this altar. Some of us can make it all the way up here, and some of us cannot, and that's okay. We'll come to you. Some of us have confidence in our faith. And some of us do not. That's okay. I'll meet you where you are. But the physical posture is not so important because at the altar we promise to lift our hearts. To make them as long and broad and tall as possible. So I think it's interesting that this, my first sermon, should be about the Sabbath. Because I'm sure some of you woke up this morning thinking, I wonder if this guy can preach. (laughs) You will figure that out. (laughs) We will do that together. But I just want to make sure that if you come away with no other message, that you come away with this one that there are many in our society who are unable to or are not able to stand tall because of the systems and the structures that are in place. Either by their own physical circumstances or by the hand that has been dealt to them by life, many of our siblings still do not have the courage or the resources or the opportunity or the support that they can that they need to stand tall and be fully and completely who they are. And y'all, that's what church is about. It's about incarnating that welcome and making sure that everybody can come here and stand tall and be who they are. Our role is to align with them. And our Sabbath keeping here is about much more than just showing up. It's about being healed and healing. It's about standing tall and putting others on our shoulders. It's about receiving a blessing and giving that blessing away. What is the vision for this church? What is the vision for us as a community? I don't have the answer to that question right now, but I am quite certain that it will be revealed And together we will move toward it. And my friends, we'll only see it through the rolling up of our spiritual sleeving and in the discipline of Sabbath keeping. What are your practices of Sabbath keeping? Maybe they begin today. You, me, now, and this woman who has been healed. God will help you find your rhythms And even if we can't for some reason lift our heads, we will lift our hearts and give them fully to Christ. And if we don't get it quite right this week, let's agree to meet here next week. My sisters and brothers, thank you for calling me to share this journey with you. And may God call us ever always to lift up our hearts, to lift up our neighbors, to live fully, to look ahead and beyond, and follow our Lord into the ever-rising Richmond sun of resurrection. Thanks be to God.